go. Hello and welcome to the Seawell Tech Marketing Podcast, the weekly podcast where we talk about all things marketing in the tech space. Typically, our audience includes uh, managed service providers, value-added resellers, SaaS and AI companies, home integrators, game developers, and more. Uh, and while we focus on these industries, uh, the principles that we share here can really work for, for any business. Uh, however, the examples and practices we talk about on the show are really primarily focused on the technology industry. Uh, we are your hosts. My name is Ryan Bodwin. Uh, I also have Elaine McDowell and Sean Cornwell with us. We are uh, the three owners of Seawell Marketing, and today is our very first episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like to... That's right. We're off by introducing ourselves to the world. Uh, we're going to chat a bit about us, our background in the technology and marketing industries, uh, why we came together to create our company, Seawall Marketing, and then we'll also tell you uh, what you can expect from, uh, from our show each week. Um, we'll then hop into today's topic. Uh, so let's jump right in. Let's first start with who are we um you know sean why don't why don't we start with you can you uh give us a little background on yourself maybe uh your work credentials and uh and why you got into this space uh the, the technology space to begin with yeah so i would say maybe 14 years 15 years ago um family wasn't a big fan of us getting student loans and i had to find the most um the most affordable trade to get into with the best return, which happened to be it at the time. So that's what I jumped into. Um, I started off as a sysadmin, just like most people did back, uh, in the early two thousands and ended up specializing in network administration. Me and Lane kind of synced up and started our own company for our own little MSP and really, uh, built that up into what it became and sold it off. And we started this. Nice. Um, Marketing wise, we've always done a lot of different stuff on the side. Um, even during our MSP days, it was nice little supplemental income. Um, and we really had to dig in deep to really learn how to market our own MSP to grow it. It's not something that you can just build and people will come. So it was really important that we actually, I don't know, became more than just gurus, but experts in this kind of field um, for our own sanity and our own, I guess, financial well-being. Awesome. And, and we're going to dive into that even more, a little bit more in this, uh, in this episode of, um, kind of what, what you guys did whenever you owned your MSP together, the, the, the struggles that you, you faced, um, with developing your own marketing plan. Uh, before that lane, why don't you give us a quick background on yourself? Yeah. So I got into the IT space in general, uh, just because I enjoy problem solving and, and technical, uh, I enjoy the technical aspects of problem solving. Um, but Sean and I, we started our own MSP back in 2010, wasn't it, Sean? Um, we actually, it wasn't a, it wasn't a true MSP then. It was more break fix style. We did that for just a couple of years, and then we converted that over into an MSP, um, and uh, we sold that early 2021. And uh, we both enjoyed the the marketing piece of growing that business and got really really good at it. Um, and so that's kind of what led us to Seawell. Um, and now part of my responsibility at Seawell uh, is I head up 
uh, account management and customer success and overall marketing strategy for our clients. Um, the reason I kind of get into this, this marketing space, uh, is I'm still, you know, I'm still passionate about the MSP industry and, you know, I know firsthand that it's tough to grow, to grow an MSP. And I just want to be able to help, uh, share my success with others and help them succeed too. Uh, and thank you. Uh, my name is Ryan Bodwin. I joined Sewell um, middle of last, I think it's almost a year ago. Uh, I think I joined last July. Um, I have been, uh, I, I head up sales for, for Sewell and I've been in the sales industry, sales industry for uh, my entire career since I was, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old. I started out uh, door to door insurance salesman, if you can believe that. Um, but I, I quickly transitioned into the technology space because it's, it's something that was always really, really interesting to me. Uh, it started off with uh, my own personal devices. Uh, you know, I, I was around in 2007, whenever the first iPhone dropped, and that really just kind of was mind blowing at the time, the iPhone, uh, it, it, what it could do. And Back then, it was you know outside of outside of it being able to make phone calls and do text messaging, like you could get online and, and check YouTube. That was pretty much it. But it was uh, it was really really uh, it was a revolutionary device at the time. I knew I wanted to be in technology, and uh, I quickly shifted over into uh, into that space. I, I've worked for SaaS companies, uh, and and for about the last decade, I've I've been working over at uh, at Cisco Systems. Um, and really love the the sales aspect of technology. Um, I got into the the marketing side um, outside of Sewell, really just looking for a side hustle where I could, especially after the pandemic, really wanted to be able to like provide for myself, make you know make my own uh, way in the sales world. And um, you know we ended up all crossing paths on a uh, kind of like a, a joint group, uh, you know. Uh, I don't even know what we want to call the, the the group that we were all part of, but we ended up, um, you know, you guys were had a, had a great marketing product and needed help with sales. I was sales and needed a great marketing product, and so <laughs> we all we all came together. Uh, and, and, yeah, yeah, in order to in order to uh, form this three headed beast, um, I, I would love to know a little bit more uh, if we could tell our audience about the story. Of, of of you guys, uh, especially when sure. it came to like the the trial and errors that you guys experienced when um, trying to do marketing for your MSP before Sewell, obviously. Um, you know, I I've heard the story a ton, but I know that there's you guys tried a lot of different things um, whenever you guys were running your own MSP. I know that you tried running uh, your own campaigns for a little while. You also tried um, outsourcing to marketing companies, to lead generation companies. Can you yep. tell us a little bit about maybe um, before you decided to take it in-house and do it yourselves, what experience did you have out there working with Legion companies, marketing agencies? Yeah, so we we're, where we started when we first started out is where everybody should start. Uh, we just started knocking on doors, going to businesses, handing out pamphlets and flyers. Um, I still believe a lot of that should be done today. Um, no matter what size MSP you have, but that's where we started out. And then we started, um, learning different marketing tactics. And at the time we, we were too busy and involved in the business to be able to do a lot of the marketing ourselves. So we, you know, we, we worked with other agencies and, 
Sean, I know you had um, the closest relationships with some of the agencies. Maybe I'll let you kind of fill in um, how how some of that went and the goods and the you know positives and the negatives and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was the one who hired them, worked closely with them, and also fired them. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's. it's uh, uh, but at the end of the day, we 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 struggled, um, and I, I think Lane kind of touched on this a little bit. Like we started off doing our own thing at first, right? It was door knocking, cold calling, direct mail, you know, the normal stuff that gets the awareness out there, gets your name out there. I think we did a couple of newspaper ads as well, um, some classifieds. You know, th that stuff worked back then. Um, well, well, when when was this was like 2010 2011 yeah yeah okay yeah we did that kind of stuff probably the first two years 2010 2012 and yeah. did that did that generate any interest yeah did you guys get any clients there we we did yeah um What's not as much growth? as we would like but you know it was we probably got a 400 yo's no's to everyone yes but it there it, was some growth there yeah that's how we got started it, it was more uh, and they're not time like lane had said we were break fix right we were we were basically putting out our our feelers for people who have problems that we could fix right now and make a couple bucks right it there was no like mindset of like preventive maintenance and managed services like that was managed services was like a new term coming up during that time you know uh, cloud was becoming a thing and everybody thought cloud was going to kill the MSP at that time too. Like it, there was a lot of different things going on. Um, we also, so, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. We also didn't know how to, to really deliver the pain that those customers are going through either. No, just, we didn't just then. And we didn't know how Not to craft the right themselves. marketing message. And so well, and that what, didn't what do you, help what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Whenever you say like, you know, craft the pain. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of important to really uh, understand what, pain your clients or your customers or your I, I should say ideal clients are going through you can understand that you know how to speak to them and uh you also want to understand and we can get into this a little bit more later but you, you want to understand what is when they're looking for it support or any kind of technology help what is the ultimate end result that they're looking for is it just to get something fixed or Maybe they're, they're, you know, trying to increase productivity within their company, like increase employee productivity. So you have to understand what is the real goal that the business owner or decision makers after. So you're saying that, that some of your, your, as an MSP, your clients may not know, uh, what the, you know, really why they need managed services. They may or may not know that they need disaster uh, recovery as a service, uh, like those things don't really mean much to those they clients. They don't. No, you can't really just talk about your services. You have to understand what the client uh, is looking for because if you try to speak speak in terms like that, it's just going to go over their head and they're just not going to care. Yeah, I call that tech talk. Yeah, know? it's tech talk. Yeah, I think I think a lot of what I've found in in working with MSPs over the years is. Um, uh, MSPs, VARs, resellers, uh, internally utilizing that lingo signifies like, Hey, I know what, you know, like I we're on the same page, but when we try and do that to the client to, to, to mm -hmm. signify, 
hey, we know what we're talking about, it it usually just confuses the end customer and a confused mind. And my uh, what, what something I always say is a confused mind never purchases. Yep, for sure. You 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 definitely don't want to overwhelm them either with too much tech jargon, and you want to keep the message really simple and and something that they care about. And so, it's usually business related. It's usually a, most of the time it's a, they're focused on. Uh, the success of their business and you have right. to you have to you have to be an asset not a cost to them you have to ex explain that it isn't just a cause we can help you meet some of these business goals too so yeah and, and you know it's one of those things like um um how do i how do i how do i say this um oh man i think i lost my train of thought oh well um no so let me let me ask you this i, I want to ask uh, this question um what you guys you guys and you, sean mentioned uh you said that you had worked with marketing agencies and lead generators and you were the ones that worked you were the one that worked with them you were the one that also fired them when you worked with those marketing agencies those lead generation companies why do you think that those agencies and lead generators, why did you have to fire it? Why didn't it work for you guys? Yeah. So I, mean, I was, I think all the cusp was actually breaking into it before we got onto other conversations, but a little tangent, sorry. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> um, the main issue was, you know, back then we always thought like, you see like Coca-Cola's product and are like, look, Ooh, good Coke, all that stuff. You want to talk about your product. You want to talk about your services and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really, it's not effective in the tech market. Even like in today's world, you look at SaaS companies, you look at cell phone companies, you look at um, more, more cell phone app companies. If if you just talk about the product, but you're not really diving into like what problems it solves and stuff like that, people are clueless of like why they need your product, why they need your services. And so when we were working with marketing agencies, they were just talking about, you know, cloud infrastructure wireless networks you know managed services whatever the case may be when we were trying to build ourselves as an msp at that time it it was just hitting you know the messaging was just landing on deaf ears there was nothing coming out of that um and we went through i think was it three agencies lane we just went through i think three and they were all doing the same thing but they all had a different process that just made it work right that that was what we kept hearing it's like oh this process is like the golden process is going to bring you all the money in the world and all the clients in the world. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll give it another try, whatever. And after I think about a year and a half of doing this with these different agencies, we just, we made nothing and lost so much time and money. And we really had to actually figure out what the, the foundations and the foundation in general, when it comes to marketing is strategy, we, we got to We had to figure out who our customer avatar was, who we actually wanted to work with. What are their problems? We actually had to do some research and talk to people that we wanted to work with and figure out like what is top of mind for them? What is um, the pain points that they're they're experiencing? What are their business goals, their aspirations? What what does a perfect world look like with a you know a partnership with an IT? We we needed to figure that kind of stuff out. And once we did, we were able to actually start building messaging around managed services that didn't talk about managed services we were talking about the pain points they were experiencing and what we could do to alleviate that alleviate that through it through managed service whatever the case may be with real roi being the main focus for their business and that turned us our marketing around it was huge 
we started seeing yeah. much more like bigger growth. It was amazing. And and to me, it sounds like you know uh, that most marketing agencies would would that would seem simple. Like, hey, all right, we just got to speak to the problems. We got to speak to the pain points. Do you think that those marketing agencies, the reason that they weren't a good fit, is because like they didn't understand IT? They don't understand that space, I, and because it's a pretty complicated space, right? I really it, do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I with think that. there's just too much of a disconnect. I think, think you. I think you have to understand to really understand the space to be able to to market it. I really do. So because you guys really under you a understood the space and 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 um and knew how to um how to pivot your messaging, you guys were able to to turn that around and 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 do quite well for your own marketing. Now, did you um obviously just just knowing those couple of things, just knowing uh, oh, hey, we need to change our messaging, right? That's not necessarily enough. There's a lot that goes into running all different types of ads. Where are you going to run your ads? How do you how do you use their platforms, et cetera? Um, oh, yeah. how, how much training did, you know, and I, and Sean, I think you might've done the bulk of it. I mean, how much training did you have to go through in order to really learn, um, you know, I don't know, how to use Google, how to use, uh, you know, postcard and direct mail, how to use LinkedIn, like how, how much training and knowledge did you have to gather? Well, at that time, it really became a, a split chore at that point, right? So Lane and I had to make a decision that Lane was going to run basically the business and I was going to run marketing. And I literally had to like unplug myself from all IT, all technology, and really just become a full-time student on a teach myself kind of thing through the professor YouTube and the professor Google world and really just download all this information. And there's a, there's a lot of different stuff out there uh, that will – um, you know, lead you down the wrong path and stuff like that. And there's a lot of great information. And if you, if you take the time to really dig into like, you know, the big people who have been doing this for a long time, they have a great reputation. They, they, they all do the same thing. They share their, their information. They share their secrets. And we, we like to do the same thing too. We don't like to hide anything from our clients and like how we do what we do. But like, it's, it took a long time. That was the answer you're looking for. It was eight hour days learning and absorbing and putting things into um, like making building systems and processes and stuff like that to actually get the ball rolling. And I would say it probably took us close to six, maybe, maybe nine months to really kind of have a, the prototype of the well oiled machine as we like to refer to it to really get to see some kind of ROI out of all their efforts. Um, but once we kind of got it down, we, we have basically what we used to look call our five pillar process or five pillar program that actually made this, this whole thing work. Hmm. Uh, and, and can you talk a little bit about like the success that you guys saw after implementing all of this? Yeah. So we went from maybe, I don't know, seeing one to two like clients a month that um we had to do our our big magic show and really try to convince them that we were the bee's knees and we we're going to fix every all their problems to having people more so call us and um request information uh we've had people um i'm trying to think of some good ones here we've act we actually have some people that would actually when they would call us they, they, they said that they understood exactly what problem um, that we were going to fix. 
and that our, our marketing message actually resonated with them. They felt like we were talking straight to them. It was almost like a perfect marriage. Um, and in the beautiful part of it was because they were our target audience. We had figured out exactly who we were wanting to work with. And at that time, it was engineering and manufacturing companies, right? We wanted to work with those people, protect their IPs, and we were wanting to do network infrastructure uh, type stuff, like design their network, um, their networks, secure it, all that fun stuff, wireless, you know, get into Mamma Jamba here. But they, they they knew what we what we did and how it fixed our problems, and they knew that we were the right ones for it because we, we became that expert. We had we didn't have to go find them anymore. They were finding us. Yeah. So we were having more so two to three conversations a day at mm -hmm. uh, once it really got going. And, and so you're, you're saying by identifying and knowing who you were talking to, again, those engineering and manufacturing uh, companies and firms that because you were speaking directly to them, like that message resonated with them. So like if, if you, if you went like, let's say you had that same messaging and you didn't change anything. And you are going to go and say like, "Hey, now we're going to go attack dental offices." Do you what? What do you think would have happened there? Fall flat it wouldn't on have been ears. great. Fall flat on deaf ears. Okay, so 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 what you're saying is the uh, you have to tailor the, the, your message for the oh, audience. absolutely. You have yeah. to know your customer. Yeah. It's That's not, and it's just not the audience either, Lane. And and you agree to this? It's the problem that they're experiencing. Oh yeah, we, yeah. we were we literally niche down as MSP into what problem we were going to solve. We weren't just trying to prevent issues, as you know MSPs do, because it's really hard to build build a message around that. We really dialed in into this one like solution that we wanted to become known for, and that's what we built our our message around. Wow. Yeah, and I would say like so in the beginning we struggled identifying some of the problems of our target audience. We just kind of looked at each other and said, why don't we just call them and ask them? Yeah. And that once we did that, it made things so much easier. So anybody out there that's listening, if you don't know your customers' problems, just ask call them. them and ask them. Just pick up the phone and ask them. It's super simple. And it'll it'll really help you narrow down your messaging hmm. to the people, to the prospects that you want to go after. Great advice. Great advice. We uh, we've done that. We've done that here. You know, we talked to yeah, uh, and, you know because our customer base now is is you know our MSPs, their their VARs, their uh, game developers, and I know we've gone through that exercise and asked them like, what's the big problem that you're facing today with? Mm -hmm. and, and for for them and for the problems that we solve, it has to do with marketing, right? Inbound, getting inbounds, um, and I think we were all a little you know, we got a lot of clarity by asking those questions we were able to really hone in our messaging and i think that's resonated with the the clients that we we talk to and serve on a daily basis today oh yeah absolutely yeah 100 percent. so 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 okay so now we're at this point where you guys have got your marketing dialed in you guys are getting tons of inbounds um how long did you continue to run the company like that before you sold and and maybe you know how much how much were you growing year over year uh at that point i think we I think it was about five years after really dialed in our marketing and we saw uh, every year it kind of varied, but it was around 30% uh, year over year, year, over year growth. growth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Double digit numbers. I love that. Yeah. And uh, 
people started to take notice. <laughs> <laughs> and in early 2021, they couldn't an offer you couldn't notice. refuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, that's 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 the dream sometime. Now, now it's now it's uh you know middle of 2022. You guys are you guys are back to work again, right? Now you're doing something, oh, yeah. you know, you're still in the same space, right? But we're doing something slightly different. You're not you're not an mm -hmm. MSP anymore. You guys are we're all running this uh this marketing firm specifically targeting MSPs and other other uh you know tech companies uh like that why are you guys still, if you guys sold it and you, Hey man, we made our money. Like, why not just be like sipping Mai Tais on a beach somewhere? Why are you guys still, um, you know, out here serving this, uh, this community? I am well, still passionate about this industry. And I, I think I mentioned this before, but I just remember the struggles that we went through when we first started and even kind of midway through. Um, and if I can off, and if I can be of service to somebody else to help them get through that phase faster, that's my goal. I just want to be able to help other people that were in my my same situation. Yeah, and it's the same for me. I there's no shortcut in this business, especially yeah. this business. There's way too much competition. Um, and I, I like to tease a lot of our clients that you know MSPs are like WalMarts or multiple on each corner, right? Like it is what it is. Um, but there's plenty of people out there, plenty of businesses out there for us to all have a little bit of action, right? And that's why having so much competition still works. It's just that we have to get out from the white noise, right? And every single client that we work with, we always preach, you know, let's let's niche down, let's find that real good target audience that you know well, and let's just really try to hyper focus on that so we can get your start seeing some growth in there. And then once we get that growth in that one piece, if you ever want to go just a little bit wider or even more wider than that, then we can go from there. But let's get the growth going. Yep. Um, but you know, to your point, Ryan, like I know some Mai Tais on the beach sounds great, but they're high in calories after a while. So <laughs> that is true. I'm that a big boy. I, I don't want to be much bigger. So <laughs> we uh you know, we did take a break for a little while too, but honestly, it gets boring. Yeah, it was pretty boring. It does. I, I heard uh oh, man, who was it who said it? It was uh, I think it was um Oh man, it was Charles Barkley. I was listening. I, I don't know if you guys ever watch uh, NBA basketball. Uh, I watch TNT. I love Shaq and Chuck and you know Ernie and and, and everybody Kenny. Uh, and I love the banter that they have on that uh, on that show. And and uh, Charles Barkley said it. He said it when um, right right. I think it was right before Shaq joined the show and people were like, Oh man, dude, Shaq, Shaq's going to be joining the show. Like why, why is Shaq joining the show? Like he's yeah. got more money than it, than all of us combined. <laughs> and Chuck, Chuck goes, I do. I knew it. I knew it. And they were like, why, what are you, what are you talking about? They're like, people, players like Shaq, right? Players like that players like Barkley. Like they're like three months after three months of retiring, like, you're just bored. You got nothing yep. to do. That much drive, that much hustle. You have to be putting yourself out there. You got to be doing something production, uh, productive. Uh, and that's always kind of resonated with me. And uh, I, I look at, I think I've always looked at retirement as being like this age somewhere in the future. Uh, but the more and more I think about it, I'm like, what the heck am I going to, if I retire at, you know, 55 or 60 or 65, whatever, then, well, then what? You know, yeah, well, then what am I exactly. going to do? Right? Like, I, <laughs> I would rather work on a passion project and something I still truly love doing. Um, 
and 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 I think that that's it. Sounds like that's kind of where where you guys are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. I don't think you can I was... only you can only go fishing for so long before it yeah. before it really gets boring. <laughs> yeah, and I I definitely wasn't ready to become obsessed with my yard yet. So not just yet. <laughs> no, I'll give it ten more years. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Although well, you, uh, you did say you're starting to like golf now, Sean. <laughs> oh yeah, pick up that habit over the weekend. Oh yeah. 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 We got How'd some you... clubs coming in. I actually did pretty good. I got, I did pretty good actually. Uh, for my first, I still can't hit, I can't hit with a driver. <laughs> I can't, I can't hit I off the tee well. I warned yeah, you about that. You did. Yeah. Um, I, I was using like a hybrid four off the tee just to see if I can hit with that, but I gotta get some practice teeing off. Outside of that, like I was consistent with a, um, a six iron or, uh, I think I, I played mainly through six and nine irons. Yep. And, and put it in. So we're good. That that six and seven iron for me is is like that's a great one. I like the nine iron too. I'm a big fan of that one. Um, I like hybrids. Uh, any any iron I'm good with. Uh, driver man, I just that's. I, there's so many times that I'm if I'm out of practice, I'm like I don't care how I don't care if it's a par five. Like I'm just not going to pick up the driver because I'd rather it hit it straight and 100 and 120 yeah. yards than hit it 200 yards into the woods somewhere. You know, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> Anyway, um, so like fun. <laughs> if, if you guys don't mind, before we transition into the next topic and our main topic for the day, we haven't even gotten into the main topic for the day, guys. Oh, my goodness. Anything else that we uh, that, that either of you want to, um, you know, that you think is relevant uh, uh, about telling, you know, your backstory, either with uh, your former MSP uh, or, or, or kind of how Seawell uh, came to be? Um. Anything else that's relevant? No, I think we covered kind of all like the high level, all the basics. backstory and yeah. So. We, me and Sean, I guess we could add this little tidbit information there. We, me and Sean met back in. We're me and Sean are both gamers. We're big gamers, and we met through. I don't know, maybe some of you know this game out there it was pretty popular back then, but World of Warcraft. We met through who, that game, and who, I'm not a gamer at all. But I'm, I've, I think everybody's heard of World of Warcraft. <laughs> if you're, if yeah. you like South Park, you know World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had commercials galore. We're talking to the tech industry. I'm sure, like, there's a ton of people that. Yeah. It's, so so you guys, little... you guys met playing video games online, World of Warcraft. So yep. I was 17. We, he was 18. We were yep. raiding and PvPing together and have a good old time. How oh, yeah. okay, so 17, 18 years old, how many years went by before you guys opened up your own business together? I think we were in our early 20s. Yeah, it was only just a few handful of years. Three or four you, years, I guess. Mm -hmm. Three or four years after meeting online, had you met in person? you guys had started your business? We, we had met when we solidified our plan. That was the first time we met in person. Sure. Wow. Our first yeah. uh, business plan. Yep. How did how did that go? Where did you guys meet? Because you're because like well let's let's kind of go geography lane. Where are you located? I am in northern Illinois. Okay. And Sean, so right right. Where, where, where were you at the time, Sean? I know that you might you might have moved. <laughs> um, I was in Georgia still at the time. You were in Georgia. Okay. Yep. yep. And that's where you're you're at today. But I know you were in Louisiana for a while. Yeah, Louisiana. Lived in Nebraska. I lived in Florida. Lived wow. around. Yeah. All over. All over. Bouncing around. So you guys, we, so where did y'all meet? We met uh, in Wisconsin Dells. We had planned a little trip with our, our friends and 
uh, rented a cabin up there. Or no, no, it was actually Adam's cabin. It was one of our friends' yeah, cabins, I, right? I, another friend, another little Warcraft friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. It was a nerd convention. Maybe I gotta, maybe I gotta get into gaming. Sounds yeah. like a networking opportunity I'm missing out on. Yeah, yeah of... absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a little hiking, fishing, slash recreation trip. It's a lot of fun, and then we spent a couple of days kind of putting our business plan together and we both went back home after that and we just we just stuck to it like we we really uh i thought you know i figured one of us was going to give up after like a month but nobody ever gave up we just kept seeing it through and that's fantastic it was great congratulations on all the sex success guys really thank you thank you very much the one thing you forgot about though for that trip was the uh the biscuits and gravy with the four six. Oh butter. my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you tell that story another time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> another time. Another yeah. time. Okay. All right. We'll we'll you know stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll get that story maybe on the next one. So let's switch gears here. So, um, the the topic of today is uh, marketing funnels, right? So that's mm-hmm. something that some people may be familiar with. This that might be a term that somebody has maybe never heard of before. Um, Sean, I'm, I'm going to lean on you for this. Can you give us a quick explanation of what you would consider a marketing funnel or a sales funnel? Yeah. So, um, a lot of people will actually interchangeably use marketing funnel and sales funnel, but it's totally lead funnel. And yeah, but a marketing funnel, especially in an hour use is completely different from a sales funnel or lead funnel. Uh, the purpose of a marketing funnel is to look at, um, three different layers of marketing from awareness and uh, decision and then buyers, right? Like the, we're, tr- we're trying to push people down this three-step process. And it's not that you have three different marketing campaigns happening for this three-step process, but a network of things that are happening. Um, the overall goal of a marketing, I guess, funnel is to make sure that you get people aware of your brand they just get to discover like more about you more about your uh your products your solutions the problems that you're solving even all the company and like who you yeah. are and as a company and that's the top your, of the funnel. team and yeah absolutely you mentioned you just mentioned top of the funnel can you can you go through uh, you said three steps so i assume there's three sections of the funnel can you talk yeah. us through high level like what's that top of funnel what are the next two yeah, so your top of funnel, we lovingly call it the tofu, and then you got the mofu, which is middle of funnel, and bofu, which is the bottom of the funnel. I know um, if y'all are part of any um, marketing classes or groups or coaching and stuff like that, you'll probably hear those terminologies, but that's what it, we're, they're referring to. Um, and I wish I had pulled up my actual funnel here so I can explain it better. I'm better at visuals than I am just coming off the top of my head here, but... Your, your top of funnel, like I said, that's all awareness, discovery. Middle of funnel, you're trying to get people to start um, making, like, weighing you out. Like, is this a good kind of thing? You're, you're doing nurture campaigns. You're, you got testimonials. You got case studies. You know, um, we call that like the consideration phase, right? Correct. Like we're, we're like, who awareness, it sounds like, is um, this is an option. Yeah. Well, and it's also like I, whenever I think of awareness campaigns, I think of commercials, right? I think of like, as I'm scrolling through Facebook, things that are on my newsfeed that are presenting themselves to me, I didn't ask for it. Like, it's just kind of like, 
showing itself to me, billboards, those all to me sound like awareness of like just getting your name out there. And then this consideration phase, this middle portion, now this sounds like something uh, slightly deeper than that, right? Maybe I'm starting to, I'm, I'm aware that I've got a problem. I'm aware of all these different competitors, but now maybe I'm comparing, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to get yeah. information and make a really good decision. Is that correct? You're, you're starting to get nurtured by these companies, right? Like if you think about, um, I'm trying to, we'll go, we'll go off of, uh, grills. If I have any smoking buddies out there, you know, leave a comment below. Right. Um, but I'm a, I, I'm a big smoker. I have, you know, multiple grills. I used to have nine, but yeah, you know, the white thing be cut back. Anyways, nine grills, nine, I, nine <laughs> smokers. Sorry, not grills, wow. smokers. Um, I'm down to two. We're good, right? I, I used to have a problem. I went to you know, uh, AA. We're good. Anyways, um, SA smoking anonymous. There you go. <laughs> so when I was doing my research, I really wanted a, a big green egg, and so I was looking around and um, doing my thing, right? I'm looking for because you had that awareness. You knew, right? But I, I already knew green that egg. green egg, yeah. And it, there's a couple of different things that'll happen, right? So I want you guys to think about it from the point of view of um, someone knows your competitor, right? They're doing all the right marketing, right? They don't know you yet, so they're looking at big green egg MSP. I was looking at big green egg grills. As I'm doing my research. I was coming across other blogs that talked about green eggs and stuff like that and saw some display ads about other types of grills that were similar. Okay. Other smokers clicked into that. I'm like, all right, well, that's an awareness campaign, but by the way, guys, a display ad. So I clicked on it, started reading more about that company's smoker. And I was like, this is really cool. This is really intriguing. I like all the features, all that fun stuff. As soon as I left that website, went down, hang out with a wife, watch some TV, got an email. That email was basically the, that new company I just learned um, hit me up saying, hey, by the way, you know, we got this cool deal going on with these type of smokers, and this is how it compares to the Big Green Egg. It was just really cool comparison email saying, like, it's half the cost. You get the same features plus all this extra stuff, right? Kind of building out this whole value thing. If interested, here's like a 20% off coupon, right, for all these additional like accessories really thought about it actually talked to the wife about it and she still said no because i already had nine right so <laughs> anyways the more time the more time goes on i got like six or seven more emails from those those companies with different types of like features and benefits and stuff like that i started seeing um youtube ads pre-rolling my my videos i was trying to watch i started seeing them all over facebook i started seeing them all over linkedin Anywhere I went, they were there constantly letting me know that they're here and they got better like features and better, better accessories and big green egg at half the cost or quarter of the cost. So I ended up buying one, by the way, this is just, it was actually, um, the acorn, right? It was a very cheap knockoff. Not as I would honestly say, and hopefully they're not watching this podcast, which I doubt, but it's not as good as a green egg, which I now have, but regardless, all that marketing convinced me to go buy one. So it worked me through that entire funnel. Wow. So, so it, it took you, you went through this awareness campaign of knowing who you wanted to go with. You went in, into what was considered like consideration phase, right? And started doing a bunch of due diligence and research. And then you finally got to like the, the point where you're going to be making a decision, which is uh, what I would consider like the bottom of funnel piece. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what 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 sort of um what what was it that pushed you over the edge in that bottom of funnel piece that got you to 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 go with acorns honestly and y'all gonna find this goofy but it, they threw in some free um it was some free peach butcher paper for wrapping briskets or whatever your other meats i was like you know what that stuff is expensive so <laughs> so, they, so, so, what are they, so so to me that sounds like a compelling offer they yes. had a compelling offer to get you to go and again what what are where does compelling offer sit in the in the funnel a good compelling offer actually sits uh top middle and bottom but it depends on like how you position it right and mm. a lot of times our bottom of the funnel offers i like to call them end the door offers right so the the idea was like hey look get this you get this entry grill you're going to get all this butcher paper and then they're already throwing in like the meat the, the tongs and the pokers the thermometer like i was getting a nice little bundle for a good price and then after i bought that grill guess what i was getting i was getting marketed all their upgraded grills and they knew i had nine grills now so they wanted me to have 10, 11 or 12. Yeah. yeah. They knew and, I bet, and I bet you they wanted to sell you every accessory they could, all the pellets, oh, all, yeah. the, all yep. the papers, well, everything that they could, and constantly hitting you with oh, those absolutely. nurture emails. Absolutely. Retargeting ads, all of that good stuff. Oh, yeah. So, so, you know, what, what do you, what do you think if that's, if that's the funnel, right? We have top, middle, bottom of funnel, and that's like the big holistic view that businesses, you know, regardless if you're in the tech industry or, or in some other industry, that that's what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. What do you see most businesses doing instead of that? Yeah. So what I see a lot of MSPs doing, um, they really focus on one piece. They get the mindset that like I need a sales guy and I just need need him to call, knock on doors, and close me deals, right? And the problem is, especially in today's world, if you have anybody knock on your actual door at your house, you like we all have ring cameras and all this other stuff, but you're not really going to answer that door, right? You just you just know better. You don't want any anything that's coming to your door. You have to be proven um, a lot of different information, even even if even if we think about what we do as a consumer, when we're buying products, we all look at reviews, testimonials. We will look at videos on like, like these how to videos, like, or review videos. We do, we do so much research as, as consumers to really figure out if this is a product or a service that we really want. And we really have to do that even in the B2B space, B2B is really no different from the B2C space when it comes down to what you have to prove. It's just how you do it. And so we'll see, you'll see MSPs that might have the case studies and the white papers, but they have no awareness campaigns. No one knows who they are. So there's no one going to look at this stuff. Yeah. Or we come across that problem a lot. A lot. It's lack and, of awareness. Yeah. You know, or they're not doing anything to drive traffic to their site, you know, through easy Google search campaigns or even Google display campaigns. Hell, even social media posts just to drive some kind of traffic to get people looking at your offer, your website, your landing pages. And it's the issue is, is that there's a bunch of holes in a, in the marketing, and especially in a tech space. Um, and that's where we try to come in and strategize with our guys so that we can actually help them fill in those gaps, you know, and show them what they're doing right and then not help to help them understand what they're doing wrong. So that they can actually have a real marketing funnel. I don't know if you guys ever try to 
cup some water in your hands and you have these holes in it, you're going to not have any water where you want it in your mouth, right? Or very little. So we want to plug all those holes. So are you, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like, um, most companies they're, they're, they're likely leaving out one or more parts of the funnel, right? We might only be focusing on awareness and we're like, okay, well I'm doing marketing. I'm posting on social yeah. media. Why isn't this working? Right. Yeah. Or I've got a sales guy, which is to me, bottom of funnel. Why is this not working? Right. And, and it sounds to me like, well, it's cause you're not doing it all you and it's not, and doing it all doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, I've got to be doing Facebook and Google ads and LinkedIn and, you know, cold calling and, and doing like a million so, things. Right. But at least a little bit of each, each stage part. of the funnel. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So diversifying you know? between and, and kind of having like that holistic approach of at least some parts of the whole of, of, of each, each stage of the funnel. And you do want to I, have to synergize a good bit, right? You don't want to just like, I want I'm going to do X, Y, Z for awareness and, you know, abc for middle of funnel and and then hopefully we can close people on the bottom of funnel you really need to think about the strategy of how this all works together because it, it mm -hmm. is a symbiotic ecosystem i think what might be helpful too is if we kind of maybe towards the end is um go talk about uh each stage of the funnel and maybe just give a couple of examples of what type of content would be in sure. the funnel yeah, let's yeah. let's so, let's talk about that now. So like let's start with awareness. Like what are some like what are some channels? Let's start with channels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. where awareness would be key. Yeah. So you can do any kind of ads, right? And you can go as traditional ads as direct mail, billboards. I don't know if billboards would be fruitful. I don't think I've ever seen an IT company on a billboard, but you never know. Um you can do cold emails, just reaching out to people in a very personalized way to let them know that you're there. Um, pop-ups, you know, like, like events. On, so, yeah, yeah, events and stuff like that too. You can do, you can utilize pop-ups on websites or your own website or other people's websites, uh, display campaigns, which is, you know, little square images that you see with ads on them on people's blogs and stuff like that. Um, and then social just, media. Yeah. Social media. Oh, yeah. Facebook's good for, um, awareness linkedin is really good for awareness especially in the tech space um and it really depends right so if you're like business to business tech space linkedin if you're business to consumer tech space facebook all day right it's it's just where you're gonna be able to have a, that kind of conversation now, how, um, about, how about for the middle of funnel where are some channels that and some you know content that would play well in the middle of funnel space yeah, that's where like nurture email campaigns come into place. It's a lot of emails, right? Because you, at this point, you should have captured some information uh, from mm -hmm. people who came and discovered who you are. They might have opted in for um, a, an ebook or some kind of literature about your services or product that will um, educate them even further, help them find themselves a bit, considering you guys a little bit more, which is another piece of the middle of the funnel, right? So ebooks. Um, what else we got? Um, webinars, uh, podcasts. This is middle of funnel, guys. You know, uh, we're, we're doing it right now. What marketing? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. FAQs, guys. Boom. FAQs on your websites and landing pages are huge, right? But there's a lot of questions that are being asked. Testimonials. What do yeah. you like? I, yeah. Anything. Whenever I think of anything like in that middle of funnel stage is like anything that I would take into consideration with like your company versus another company, right? So like reviews, 
Uh, well, testimonials and reviews are actually bottom of funnel. Yeah, they're more those, decision. Those are decision more so the nail in the coffin for them to pull the trigger, right? Like mm-hmm. you've you've done all this research, you got all the information. It's like, and you start jonesing now, right? You're at the point where like, well, is Joe Blow doing this too? And you find out there's a million Joe Blows that love this. So, and that's bottom of funnel, but. Um, what it's else goes in that bottom of funnel? Would you say like a sales rep? Is that is that is that any part of the funnel at all? Yeah, sales is the bottom of the funnel. Mm-hmm. Sales is bottom of funnel. Um, calls like that's when you're starting to have people call you. It's more inbound too, right? So you have outbound sales, inbound sales, um, more emails, push notifications. They're they they're signing up for push notifications to find out what, what things are going on for events and whatnot. Um, they're viewing your pricing. They're looking at social media testimonials and reviews, all kinds of stuff. And this is where, in my opinion, this is where your offer really has to shine because this is a is lot in the of, bottom. Yeah, is in the bottom. Like you, you can. I mean, your offer should be good throughout the entire decision and consider consideration process. But a lot of this time, when they're going through the decision making process, they're at the bottom of the funnel. They're looking usually at you and probably like one or two other competitors. And if you have a better offer than your competitor, nine times out of ten, they're going to go with you. Mm-hmm. That's why your yeah. your offer really you have to you have to really have a good offer. And what's what's really cool, I just want people to know this too, right? You can already re- you can't reinvent the wheel, right? People already done it. So if you already if your offer is the wheel, like you got to find a new spin on the wheel, no pun intended, right? <laughs> so that's part of the offer, you know. Like we've seen. MSPs use, you know, free IT time, free network assessments and stuff like that. Um, and Ryan, you you were actually talking about this the other day with another client. I actually want you to talk about this for a little bit. But, you know, you brought up the, t- the two free IT t- the two free hours of IT time. They kind of turned a nose up at it. But like, how did you spend that? Yeah, I think ever I think the most ubiquitous offer that I see in the MSP space is the free network assessment. Oh my goodness. Free <laughs> ultimate network assessment. It's the it's the holy grail of offers. Uh everybody se- yeah. seems to offer that. And every time I ask I clients it. who do offer it, I go, how many of those you ever get uh filled out? And it's and it's a lot of times it's like a big old goose egg, right? Um you know every now and then there's like a couple but f- by and large like not a lot of people are filling those things out. I think it's a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I think that it's unclear. Um, like, what is a network assessment? People just don't know what that is. Um, and and they don't know that there's no value behind it. Like, what what does that even mean? What do I, yeah. what are you assessing about my network? Oh, you're probably going to, it's like going to the mechanic, right? Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. give you my car, which I know nothing about. And then you're going to give me a laundry list of items. Like I just wanted you to change the oil, but now all of a sudden <laughs> I owe $2,300 in repairs of things that I, I didn't Right. So like, that's what I hear yeah. whenever I hear network assessment. Now it's, uh, it's it, not an offer guys. Stop. It's, using not, it. it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a good offer. That's for sure. It's also, I think another big problem with it is that it's not unique because everybody uh, is yeah. doing it. So like if everybody in, your you know tri-state area or your regional area is offering it then like it doesn't set you apart from your competition so like sure i can get that ne- network assessment from you but i can also get it from you know joe schmo down the street so like mm-hmm. who cares um 
So the way that, and, and we do this lane, you and your team do a very good job of, of this um, with our clients. Uh, this is just one example of, of a way that we've taken that same net. We say, listen, if you really love that network assessment and that's what you want to lean on, then let's spin it a different way as, as Sean so eloquently put, right? How do we spin this in a different way to make it unique, to make it simple to understand, to make it valuable in the, in the prospect's mind. And, and the best way that I found to do that is speaking a language in which they understand. So, yep. hey, instead of a free network assessment, you're going to get an hour of free IT time or two yeah. hours of free IT time. And yep. that, I think, speaks to customers because they go, oh, I know what that is. Like, I get a free IT guy who's going to come out and they're going to help me with my problem for at least one or whatever your time frame is for an hour or two hours. I'm going to get their help on the problem that I have. And that hour or two hours won't cost me a dime. Yeah. Pretty simple to understand, really, really clear. It's likely very unique in the market, right? And it has value for the client because they know what they're getting. And you could even attach, if you wanted to, a dollar amount to that. How much do you typically charge per hour for, for, for going out and doing a truck roll, right? Is it 250 to $500 an hour where, well, if all of a sudden uh, you're doing two free hours, you're charging 250 an hour, this is a $500 value that we're giving to you absolutely for free. Absolutely. Pretty, and, right? and pretty and, clear. And, then, and yeah. then what can you do in an hour of IT time? A well, you can likely do a network <laughs> assessment. They like any good that. technician, you got to do diagnostics, right? Before you <laughs> fix anything. So. so see how it's the <laughs> exact network assessment. Here it is. It's the exact same offer, but it's 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 said in a way that is clear, uh, understandable, has value all to that customer. They know what they're getting at that point. And, and, and so all we've done is, and and we do this with, you know, we, we craft, um, you know, customized offers for each and every one of our clients. And that's one that is so ubiquitous that I love throwing it out there. Um, but you know, it, it, it's, it doesn't end there. We, we, we love creating much more unique and much more uh, compelling offers, but that's the easiest one. I think that most MSPs resonate with and understand right away. Yeah. And another, there's another way you can kind of spend that too. Um, and in this industry, trust is a big factor. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know that, but a big reason that um, people stay with their IT service provider or IT guy, even if they're bad, is because they trust them. And doing an offer like that, like, hey, try before you buy. We won't give you two hours of free IT time. Chance to try us out and trust, you know, build that trust. That's just going to go even further. It's going to help you out so much more. Fully agree. So let's let's shift gears a little bit now before anybody now I, and, and i guess before i even switch gears like i want to let everybody know that what we intend to do is we're actually going to do our first our next 12 episodes we're going to really focus on this marketing funnel so we're going to have um uh, and and we're we're assuming it's 12 we're going to kind of play this by ear but um i think the next four episodes we're going to really dive into top of funnel right we're going to spend a lot of time talking about top of funnel what that is what that means examples of it etc uh and then we're going to go into middle of funnel have a few episodes about that do the same thing with bottom of funnel um, one thing, and Lane, this, this question is more specifically for you. And cause I know your team really handles this is before we even get in to like working on a funnel, 
right? What is it that um, that any anybody who's going to be running a, a marketing funnel? What is it that they need to be focused on, right? And 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 I, and we talked a little bit about this earlier with the strategy and knowing your office, uh, knowing your audience. But um, can you talk us a little bit through like? What what sort of preparation do people need to make before they start jumping into building out their funnel? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The most important piece is coming up with a strategy and a big part of that. And I, we think we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but is a big part of that is knowing your customer, knowing your audience and knowing their pains and frustrations um, and also their goals and aspirations like um what do these people, uh, you know, do they eventually want to sell their business or do they, some of them just want to go home at five o'clock every day? You know, you also have to know some of those things too. And once you understand and get kind of personal with your customer avatars, you can then tailor your message accordingly and come up with a unique value proposition that's going to work for them. And I, you know, it's very important to, narrow in and, and dial in that strategy before you start executing on anything. We might need a whole episode just to dive. I think, yeah, strategy. I think that might be uh, I think that might I, be a good idea is to do a deep dive the, into strategy. I think strategy must come first regardless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't have, you can't do marketing without the strategy. And yeah. so it we, should be. The next we do episode. that for every <laughs> client that we, we serve. We always start with strategy always yeah. before we do anything. And why, why do you think that's so important? Why is that so important? Um, you got to know where to aim before you shoot, right? You don't want to just go out there and start blasting and hope for the best luck. I just started you blasting. aim your gun. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got to know, you got to know who you're talking to, right? I, I feel yeah. we say this all the time is if you try to talk to everybody, you end up talking to nobody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? Yeah, we kind of hit it. We we talked about this early on in the, in the thing where we were talking about how um, we were working with the agencies and had to end up firing them and learning how to do our own thing first. And you know, the goal is is that you really like, a you really want to set yourself apart. And the only way you can set yourself apart is figuring out like who you want to serve and what their needs are. And really coming up with that messaging and solution to that that that, that problem, right? That's the that's a surefire that's the only surefire way to see some major growth in your, any company. It, this is not just MSPs or tech companies. This is any company in every single company that's worth you know one ten hundred one billion dollars. They've all had to do some sort of strategy with their marketing plans to get them to skyrocket. And I mean, that's extremely important, right? Yeah, I think two companies that have done a great job, obviously these companies are outside of the, uh, the, the, the not really outside of this industry entirely, but uh, more consumer markets. I, I, think, uh, I think Apple and Nike do some of the best um, marketing strategy out there because man, they sure know exactly who their audience is. Um, mm -hmm. And they've, they've, they've tailored their messaging so well that if you look at their logos, there's no name. There's no name next to the Apple logo, and you know you know what company that is. There's no name next to that Nike check, but you know exactly oh, yeah. who, that, who that company is. And I, I think that they've done a really, really great job at 
Uh, and, and I'm sure they spend a lot of time and a lot of money developing that strategy before they go and execute on all of the different ad campaigns that they run. Oh, yeah. I think they'd be extremely foolish not to just just with the amount of money they put into marketing. You know, like that'd be very foolish of them to not have a plan first. Yeah. My wife like anybody. All other keynotes like she knows when their keynotes are coming up before I even knew they had keynotes. <laughs> I'm just telling you, she she loves Apple. They do they they know who they're talking to. She's an Apple yeah, like, sure. connoisseur down there. Yeah, I'm a big Apple fanboy as well. I'm really looking forward to the uh the Apple glasses. I know that there's only nobody knows yet, but like that's the next Yeah. Thing. Well, we'll see about those. <laughs> I, just wait. Just what happened wait. to the, the Google glasses? Ah, the world wasn't around? ready yet. Yeah, yeah the, the world wasn't ready yet. <laughs> yeah, they weren't ready yet, but now with everything going on, like I think it's, I think it's inevitable. FaceTime's going to become literally right. FaceTime. Yeah. Oh yeah, FaceTime. Well, and, <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> like for me, I uh, I like to uh, if I go to the gym, I like listening. I like listening to podcasts, but I also like watching videos on YouTube. And so I end up having to listen to the video on YouTube and kind of have my phone in my pocket, but I can't close my phone because mm -hmm. like then the video stop playing and I can't hear it. So. I anticipate like I'll be in the gym and I'll be able to watch the video while I can listen to it while I'm doing my workout. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. cool. Getting text messages will pop up. Like you thought the Apple watch was annoying with notifications, right? With people always doing this. Now people aren't even going to have, you're going to look at people and you're going to be like, are you, are you texting right now? Are you reading a text oh, right now? That hey. brings me, oh, you thought text and driving was bad. Just wait till you get the Apple iPad glasses and driving. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, oh, it's wait, gonna... wait to the day where technology is so far in advance that you never have to remember a name. Now you don't have to remember a phone number, but watch you want to remember a name. You wear your glasses. Oh. And it's going to be, the name's going to be floating above. Oh, like, that'd like be cool. Sims. Like, yeah. It's like a little yeah. border around their head. It'll like, be a bit, uh, like a, <laughs> yeah, but they're going to be all AR, AR glasses. And, uh, the way that it was, um, pitched originally i think this is when google did it like turn by turn directions would be perfect for for glasses right um, oh, whether you're walking cool, yeah. or driving or anything like that but then also if you have a camera on here and this is where i think it didn't catch on originally is because people didn't like being recorded but now in the world that we live in everybody's always being recorded all the time um yeah but i think that there's going to be a camera it's going to see a face it's going to be able to identify it's going to pull up their it could pull up their facebook their linkedin and be like hey here's this person here's what they've done blah 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 you'll have all this information readily available right in front of your eyes i'm not saying it's good or bad but i know it's coming yeah it's sort of exciting we'll just have to wait and see what happens i'm excited about it i'm a big i'm i'm very progressive i love technology progressing um despite what you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's too much. It's too in our faces. And uh, I, I tend to agree, but also like you're not going to stop the train from rolling. No, so you may as well no. True. Um, quick, quick recap. Like, obviously, I think I think we've changed a little bit. I think the next 12, I think the next couple of episodes, maybe one or two, we should we're going to focus a bit on strategy. Right. Like if uh, and then from there, we'll we'll continue uh, diving into the rest of the marketing funnel. But, um, you know, really, this is this is our first episode. Super yeah. happy that uh, each and every one of you uh, joined in, listened in. Um, you can follow us on any and all of the social channels out there, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok. 
every one of those, our call handle is at Sewell Marketing. That is at the letter C, W-E-L-L Marketing. Uh, we hope to see you out there. We really want um, you guys to follow us. Uh, and if we can help in any way, feel free to reach out. You know, we're, uh, we're a, a, a relatively small boutique marketing firm. Uh, we check all of our uh, DMs each and every day. So feel free to slide in. We're yes. happy to answer those questions that you guys Send have. Send us a message. Yeah, comment on the podcast. Let us know what you like about it, what you didn't like about it. Um, you know, we want to make this show exclusively for you guys and gals. And uh, we want to make sure that we're getting your feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lane, Sean, appreciate your time today. Yeah, you too, uh, man. And- We'll see you all on the next show. All right. All righty. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Have a good weekend.